0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. My name is Kong Shong, and I am the host of the Purpose Tune Podcast. The show of this that the goal of this show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you to act, and get you in the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, I'm very excited about today's guest. Uh, it's Dell Smith. Dell resides in the D.C. metro area and serves as the Director of Culture and Engagement for the award-winning public affairs agency, Global Strategy Group. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Engineering and a Master's of of Science in Organizational Leadership, and is a certified personal coach, professional coach, as well as a small business owner. Her combined education and experience in various sectors of the workforce have allowed her to purposefully reimagine her career numerous times. Having raised three amazing human beings into successful adulthood is her most prized accomplishment, and she seeks daily to inspire others to live out the purpose filled life. So Dell, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. I know we had some interesting more interaction before this show, but I'm so glad that we're here and we're uh, having this conversation about purpose and meaning. Um, I know that initially when you and I connected, we had a a, a pretty meaningful conversation. And so I wanted to start off um, this, this chat with, uh, tell us about yourself other than what I've read.
1: Absolutely. So thank you, first and foremost, for having me. I can nerd out all day in talking about (laughs) purpose and life goals and just how we approach this thing that we call life. So I'm super happy to be here. Um, I appreciate it. So I um, have so many thoughts about how I describe myself, because I don't feel like we are one thing our whole lives. So I've been Um, reinventing myself over the course of my 58 plus years um, on this earth. But if I had to drill down and describe myself, I would say I am a very friendly person. I um, really nerd out on certain topics. I can really dive in deep and look for the meanings underneath the meanings, which sometimes drives my friends and family crazy, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I'm a very values-driven person. I've learned that um, as I've moved through adulthood, that even before I realized it, the things that were important to me at my core have shaped the decisions that I've made along the way. And it's, it's funny later in life to go back and see how that has all come together even before you realized it. Um, I'm a very creative person. I have so many hobbies that I don't often find time to do all of them, but I realize that's where um, just a lot of my inspiration for living comes from is the ability to use my creativity. So those are just some adjectives that come to mind mm-hmm. when I think about describing myself.
0: Mm-hmm. That's That's wonderful to hear. You mentioned creativity and we had a a conversation about that topic how do you leverage your creativity in your life
1: um every way that i can so i have hobbies like i mentioned and those hobbies usually involve creating something i'm a baker so that's my small business i do creative cakes and cookies to help people celebrate but i also create um clothing, I'm a seamstress, I decorate clothing, but I'm creative in my work. I'm creative in the way that I view life and creative in the way that I approach situations. I'm creative in finding ways to connect with people I might not otherwise connect with. And it really took me a long time to realize that that was leveraging that skill of creativity that I have, that value um, because that's not often the way we think about it. Reinventing myself, that's taken a lot of creativity to see the things about me that are applicable outside of um, where I learn them or where I first hone those skills and mm-hmm. be able to repurpose them. Mm-hmm. So that's a, an area where even in the workplace, I've been able to be creative and figure out ways that I can bring value to the work, whatever work it is that I'm doing.
0: Right. That's wonderful. So how did you get into uh, the world of culture engagement, HR? Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your career path um, yeah. and maybe even as, you know, back as, as far as high school, if you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because I've spent recent years thinking about this and putting all the pieces together. I went to a music and art high school. Hmm. I was uh, a clarinet player. And I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just knew that I enjoyed being creative. I enjoyed being around all of the creative minds at that music Hmm. and art high school. And so I was also very good in math, which is so funny because math is not a real creative subject. You don't get to be creative. There's a right and a wrong. And what happened at the time, because this was the early 80s, is that there was a big drive um, among a few universities in the Boston area to Mm. diversify. It was before diversity, equity, and inclusion was even a thing, and they noticed a need to have a broader range of races and genders in their engineering program at Northeastern University. And so they came to look at people kids that were good in math in the New Jersey, New York area where I grew up, Mm -hmm. and I ended up receiving an invitation to apply and attend Northeastern in engineering, so I didn't know a lot about engineering. I knew that it would be hard, but I ended up there, and I thought, well, what kind of engineering do I want to do? I was not inclined to do mechanical or chemical. That just seemed too hard, and I chose industrial engineering. Little did I know that at the time, industrial engineering leveraged all of the things that I end up doing now in putting together people and processes Mm -hmm. um, and figuring out how to use those together for maximum productivity. Mm -hmm. And so from an organizational standpoint, before there was such a thing as culture, was industrial engineering and figuring out how to leverage those things and so i look all these years later and it's no real surprise to me because i don't really believe in accidents that i work at the intersection of people Mm -hmm. and processes and productivity um, in hr so culture and the way that we enable our organizations to be effective really depends on how well we take care of our people and how um, attuned we are to the people in our organizations and giving them what they need and want so that they can give the organization what it needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. It really is a direct link to what I learned many, many years ago in in college at 16, Um, because again, no one should be picking what they're gonna do with the rest of their life at 16, which is when I went to college. Yeah. But that's that bookend that I talk about, where where it started is where it ended. I, I am thoroughly happy in HR and in culture, mm-hmm. um, but I see the roots of it mm-hmm. as far back as that.
0: Yeah, that's incredible that you're able to link systems and process together and realize that your your passion and interest is really within this space that you're currently in. So that is amazing to hear how can we encourage people to listen into listen to their intuition Um, there's always that little voice that everyone has that's speaking to them that maybe perhaps this isn't the right thing to do how can we have people or encourage people to tap into that space so that they can live more fully into that that they're born to do
1: Yeah, that's a very um, interesting and insightful question, because I don't know that there's a one size fit all answer, Mm -hmm. mainly because we're all created so differently and the things that drive us are different. But I think if there is a thread that I could thread through each and every person into living into and listening to their inner compass and their inner voice about direction because direction will change many times in your life Mm -hmm. it's going to be to get very very clear on what drives you who you are what are the things that fuel you what are your values and when you get really crystal clear on those and you build um, a community around yourself of people that know you well I call them my blind spot mirrors. So mm-hmm. there are a collection of about six individuals over the course of my life um, at various stages. So two of them are my daughters. Um, one of them is my my aunt, my second mom, and others are core friends that know me at my, at my inner core that I call my blind spot mirrors because if you think about the analogy of driving a car before you switch lanes, You check your mirrors Mm -hmm. and your mirrors tell you if there's something you can't see that you need to take into consideration or if there's something right next to you that you're going to crash and burn Mm -hmm. or that you're going to be getting off the highway in a mile. So you don't want to change lanes because then you're going to have to just get back over. Mm -hmm. So I think about that with this um, group of core people, advisors in my life. And I call them my blind spot mirrors because every time I think about making a major change or shift in my life, whether that be professional or personal, um, I tap onto one or more of those blind spot mirrors and I say, hey, you know you know me, you know who I am, you know how I operate. I'm thinking about this thing. What, what are your thoughts on it? And because this is a trusted group of people who know me well, they can say, I do know you and I know that you have this tendency to... Whatever it is, leap before you look or want to take on the world. Are you sure that this is the time for you because you've got this and you've got that? Maybe there's a better time or vice versa. I think that is right up your alley. And I've been waiting to hear you say it because I've seen it in you for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I think building that circle or network of people who really, really know and get you is probably the most impactful way that we can stay attuned to the voices that we're hearing and the leadings and promptings that we're getting, and then gut check them with someone other than ourselves.
0: Right. That's incredible. Have you had mentors in your past careers or currently that you would have these types of conversations to help guide you?
1: You know, to be honest, I've really never had an official mentor. I know that that is very solid and often given advice for people growing in their career. I just never had that, not in a formal way, orchestrated or asking someone to be a mentor. I've had people who've gone before me and one of which is one of the most influential people in my life, my aunt Sarah, she's a writer. As I mentioned, she's my second mom, she promised my mom before she passed away that she would treat us as her own kids and she's done that with me. And she's been a mentor in both professional and personal ways for me, but I've really never taken advantage of having a professional mentor to help me guide and shape my career. Mm -hmm. It just, in my generation, it wasn't as focused on. And in my life situation, going through a lot of the hardships that I went through in life, at the time that I went through them, that was just not something that anyone taught us to do. So I learned to lean on myself and lean on, like I say, those people around me. So no, I've never really had a professional
0: mentor. Yeah. Well, you know, now that I think about it, I suppose a mentor doesn't have to be someone that we can see in person and have a daily or weekly or monthly conversation. It could be, we have access to technology used, you know, social media. We can follow people that inspired us. One of the things that I often listen to is Wayne Dyer. He's in the space of spiritual um, healing and Mm -hmm. personal development as well as Oprah, right? And I often, when I need advice or just, I've found time just to really reflect on my career, my personal life. I I often lean into those types of individuals that have lived a purposeful life that I want to be in, in alignment with. And so I think it's always important to dedicate a bit of time whether that is on a Sunday or just at the end of a day, each, each day, just really reflecting on how did our day went and how could it have been better? What are we grateful for? And I think those daily or weekly habits can really enrich our life in a meaningful way. Um, What inspires you or I guess who inspires you um, and why.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that approach. And I think that the way that you phrased it really will resonate with many people because I hadn't even thought of that, how much the people that I read often, mm-hmm. that I listen to often and really go back to their works and figure out how I can apply those lessons and those um, pieces of wisdom to my life, those really are my mentors. It doesn't, mm-hmm. like you say, have to be somebody that you talk to or that you set up time with every every day. So when I think about that, I think about the authors who have really grounded me. Brene Brown is probably mm-hmm one of my favorites um oprah again because of my age and the time that i was forming some of these ideas as a young adult were her peak years on television and and in learning her story and how she saw a vision for what she could become in the television world and how she worked to achieve that i learned a lot from her i used to um I joke about this because I was a DJ on the radio in college. It was a a side part-time thing that I did for fun because I enjoyed it. I used to listen to her when she would talk and then try to emulate her when I would go on the radio and her (laughs) inflections and, and the way that she spoke to guests and that she addressed her audience was how I learned to do that. So in that way, I would still consider her a professional mentor when it comes to that. And to this day, public speaking is something I get great joy um, in because the power of voice and the power of listening to others can really stir things within us. So um, Brene Brown, Oprah, I I greatly am inspired by Michelle Obama. She -hmm. represents a lot to me, particularly as a Black woman. but the way that she shows up, the way that she mothers has been an inspiration to mm-hmm. me even as I'm older than she is and I'm further along in my mothering than she is. I've learned a lot from her. Um, so the people in the world that lead parts of their lives that resonate with you um, can absolutely, like you mentioned, become a mentor for you. I have a list longer than I could name Um, but I will say there is a book that I am reading through again for the second time because it was so impactful and I can quickly see that it'll be a book that I go to again and again throughout my life. Um, It's a book called Pivot by Jenny Blake. I had never heard of her and the book came recommended to me by a colleague, a trusted colleague that I had um, at one time and it's about learning how to pivot in your life and strategically go in the direction that you feel led to go. And how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And so I would say Jenny Blake has become a mentor of sorts because I repeatedly pick up that book when I need guidance and help with Mm -hmm. something I don't know how to do in that space. So
0: yeah. um, That's incredible. And you just sparked the idea that when we read a book that we should reread it again, because sometimes when we read it again, we, there are often things that we didn't uncover the first time around. And so for any folks, any listeners that um, are tuning into the show is, I would encourage you to listen, to read, read your favorite books, just because it is refreshing to, um, you know, get back into those, uh, those, those, those those points within the the book that uh, that resonated with the with yourself, And, right. was,
1: and even I, even beyond that, not to interrupt you, but oh. I, I'm so passionate about the fact that even if it's not a matter of refreshing what resonated with us at the time, we're growing, we're evolving. And so the person you are today is a very different person in many cases than the person you were 10 years ago, or even five years ago, or even two years ago, as we can see with the global pandemic and how that has shifted so much about the way we work and live, that even if it hasn't been that long, sometimes rereading a book will open new insights for you based on your life experiences. We go through loss, we go through growth, we go through so many different changes in life that something we passed by the first time that really had no meaning for us Mm
0: -hmm. might be
1: the most impactful part of a book the second time.
0: Right, yeah, that is such an incredible point. You are correct that we are growing and evolving our life lived experiences change who we are, and when we read a book or listen to, you know, an inspirational person on YouTube, as an example, um, they were speaking to us at one point in time, and now that we've evolved and in in, in in grown, we're different, so we're able to uncover things that we otherwise would have not, and so that's yeah. uh that's a great point. Uh initially when you and I connected we talked about mo- multiple purpose but before we get there I do want to get your definition of what purpose is to you.
1: Oh that's such a it's such a big question. I'm going to try to zoom in. For me purpose is direction. Purpose is understanding who I am. I can't define my purpose until I really understand who I am at my core, what's important to me, because I feel like purpose will change much as direction does. At a certain point in my life, my purpose was to raise three humans to be the best humans that they were capable of being and instill certain things in them so that they could go out into the world and succeed, whatever success looked like to them. That purpose, it may not be over, but it shifted because they're all adults now. And, you know, they've got to pick up that ball and figure out their next, their next um, Uh phases of life. But my purpose may shift to something different. My purpose for a while um, was to figure out what I was supposed to learn in life. I went through a really rough time in life when my second husband passed away months after I had gotten remarried. And I remember searching for what was to come out of that for me. It was, I didn't feel it was meant to be crushing for me or um, the end of something for me, but the beginning of something different. And my purpose became at that time, figuring out, what that was and what was the direction I was meant to go at that time. So your purpose, I believe, shifts throughout life. Um, And so it's about discovering what your purpose is today and doing your best to arrive there, but it's always evolving. So
0: then what is your next purpose? Right. And we dive a little deeper into multiple purposes. What does that mean? as you know some people as they're listening to the show they're like okay what is purpose what is my purpose but then there are multiple purposes doesn't make that doesn't doesn't make any sense I thought there's only one purpose so and you and I kind of discussed about this that we can have multiple purpose right based on our role as either a a brother or sister a parent that there's a purpose to every relationship and so, can you speak a little bit to that?
1: I can. Um, we think about this a lot, at least in the professional world, we talk about 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. We think about it as far as feedback, you know, and, and many people who work in corporate will resonate with getting 360 degree feedback from those that work for you, those that you work for, your peers, and such. And I think it's a similar concept we represent many different things to the people in our life. We might represent um, a mentor to someone in our life. We might represent, like you say, a sibling or a parent. Um, And everyone in our path is designed to get something different from our presence. And when we lean into the fact that we are here to deliver different things to different people at different times. That's where the concept of having different purposes comes into play, I believe. So Uh, we might have a purpose for ourselves at that given time, but we have no idea how we might be impacting or guiding or inspiring um, or undermining mm -hmm. someone else in their journey. So we have to consider that and think about that as we move about life and have the interactions that we do. Um, Even if it's a stranger on a train, you know, the way that we carry ourselves and maybe exhibit friendliness or openness or whatever is impacting someone in some way, shape or form, even if we never know anything about how that might be.
0: Right. Yeah, that reminds me of a quote that I read last night. I believe it was along the lines of that we have to make sure that we're listening to our our intuition and really finding a way to tap into that space and try to bring it out, live it out. And how we learn and grow is how we are going to show up to the world, and that makes an impact. And I know that it doesn't sound like inspiration or anything like that, but if you really if you really just think about it because if a person has done some healing and some internal work, and has a solid foundation in place in terms of how they know themselves and how they love themselves and care for themselves, that's going to show up from the inside out. And that's important because it's not just ourselves that we're impacting, it's the people around us. Right. Or. Right friends is our family members and Mm -hmm. those relationships are important we live a fulfilling meaningful life based on the quality of our relationships
1: absolutely to
0: have good quality relationships we have to do the healing the internal work Mm -hmm. yeah otherwise it it would not it would be a chaotic world to live in
1: (laughs) it would be um And you're right, when I I think of purpose, I think about intentions. Living with intention is a phrase that continually rises to the top for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Every moment gives us an opportunity to act and live intentionally. Mm -hmm. And when you do that You are, in essence, leaning into your purpose in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's when we don't focus, when we just glide through letting things happen to us or pass us by without choosing to look intentionally or act intentionally is when we miss the purpose that might be before us Um, to impact someone else, to better our own lives, to gain an insight that we've been struggling with or needing over time, Mm -hmm. by being intentional and making intentional choices in each and everything you do, Mm -hmm. I think, elevates your ability to be able to lean in to whatever the purpose is for you and those around you in that moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's beautifully said. Um, When did you consider yourself as a success?
1: Oh, that is an interesting <laughs> question. And I, I want to answer it, but I want to be very um, honest when I do. I don't really think of success as a static thing to achieve or a place that you arrive. Um, I look at success as sort of an ongoing application of the lessons learned. If I can be better today than I was yesterday, that's success. If I can not make the same mistake twice, that's a success. Mm -hmm. If I can condition myself to check in um, with myself about why I'm feeling a certain way or reacting a certain way, that's a success to me. So success is not really a destination in my mind of where I get to, I I get it that um, there are people who set a goal and reaching that goal may mean success and that's a version of success. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's been more about the journey than the destination. Um, So it's it's an ever present thing of trying to be successful in living Mm -hmm. each and every moment. So at the end of a day, when I think, how was my day? Did I do the things that I felt I was called to do? Did I behave in a way that's consistent with my values? Um, then, yeah, that, that was a successful day. And if it wasn't, then tomorrow's another one. So I <laughs> I don't really think about being or achieving a success mm, um, yeah. in that way.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah that's that's wonderful. You mentioned two things that I want to I want to draw out. You you mentioned the word present and also you said live in the in in the moment now. Yeah. And I think that those two points are so crucial because we often look into the future or look in our past without realizing that what we have is actually now, the time is now, we should be living the present moment now. And I get it when we are leaders within our community, organization, or family, we have to think strategically about what the future holds. And part of that is to live in the future. Oftentimes, we're so in our driving phase that we don't often pause and reflect on the now, the time now. And yeah. I think that that is so powerful that we that you have that that practice. I would even I would not even say it's something we do. It's it has to be a practice. We have to do it on a daily daily basis yeah. in order to realize that our life is we're living it now you and i are having this podcast conversation mm-hmm. and that's we have to find some joy in it i do it because there's a sense of fulfillment i get to be myself and i get to share positive content with you and with my with my listeners and your reason for joining me today is similar and so I think that we have to find ways little moments to just pause at the end of pause during or at the end of our day just to say what went well and what did not and how can I learn from those situations that uh, were challenging to me do you which leads me to my next question which is how do you handle challenging times
1: mm. so many thoughts about that but before i answer that mm-hmm. i want to i want to go back to something that you said about living in the moment because mm. that is a huge um driver for me in my life because I lost my mom mm, sorry in the spur of a moment. She was getting dressed to go out with friends, never mm. to wake up again. She slipped and fell and hit her head. I lost my dad the next year, very unexpectedly. I lost, as I mentioned, a husband four months after getting married while we were eating dinner mm. on the couch. He fell over and died. And, and for me, that is a reminder all the time that life is short. Mm -hmm. That even in the professional world where we plan for the future, I always think of that as yes, we should be planning for the future even if we're not there. What are we doing today to affect the future that we might want for the organization or the company or our team? in the future and what can I do today to help them reach that even if I'm not here then. Mm-hmm. So that living in the moment in realizing that we put off too many times saying, I will do that when I have the time, when I have the money, when I can get all this other stuff out of the way. And yes, we don't need to take on things that are going to drain us. But at the same time, too too often I think we settle into this feeling like we have forever to accomplish the big things that matter to us. And I have learned through hardship and loss that you cannot do that. Um, So that is kind of something I didn't want to lose sight of before pivoting to Mm. the question that you asked me at the end of that. And so if I may, I'll ask you to kind of Reground me in where you wanted to take the conversation. Sure. With that second part of your question.
0: Yeah. So it was about challenge, but I do want to piggyback on what you just said because I think it's important to realize that life is short mm-hmm. and we have to live to the fullest, find our passion, our interest, and bring that out and share to the world. Yeah. Because it would be a disservice to the world for not allowing ourselves to show up fully authentically and powerfully and again I'm sorry to hear about the losses you've experienced and I lost my my, my dad suddenly um, approximately uh, 10 years ago and that was one of the hardest things that I had to endure and my family um, had to deal with especially when we haven't said our goodbyes and that yeah. just reminds us that nothing's promised. Tomorrow's not a promise. Anything could happen. The universe has its interesting ways of you know, letting life happen to us. And although I do want to mention when we do experience challenging times is to find the meaning behind it, right? Right. And so that leads to me back to my question, which is, how do you overcome obstacles? like what are some of the uh, things that you can share with us about how we can deal with difficult times? and it doesn't have to be you know losing your loved ones. It could be something as mm-hmm. you know, losing a job, which is also a big deal um, or just you know going through a health crisis like how can we how can we overcome those obstacles?
1: Yeah. Well, first, let me just say, I'm sorry to hear that you unexpectedly lost your dad as well. Those are things that we can never really prepare for. And like you say, the best thing we can do is when we're dealing with things like that is figure out how we can apply that in our lives to live them to the fullest. So I'm sorry Mm -hmm. to hear about that. Um, What I would say as far as dealing with Challenges and difficulties. Um, for me, there's a couple of things there's mindsets and then there's behaviors. Mm-hmm. When I think about the mindsets around dealing with tough stuff like that, I give myself permission to feel all the feelings. Mm-hmm. If I'm angry, I let myself feel angry for a moment, mm-hmm. for a while. Um, if I'm sad or I'm frustrated, I let myself feel it too often. I think we lean into this kind of toxic positivity and people want to make us feel better. So they're like, oh, well, at least it's not that or look on the bright side. And Mm. in some ways, I think pivoting too quickly to positivity robs Mm. us of allowing ourselves to grieve or be angry or upset Mm -hmm. or sad. Right. Not forever, not for too long, but long enough because we're human.
0: Our humanity
1: Mm -hmm. demands that of us. And so once I've had the time and given myself permission to feel the feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Then I can start um, to figure out, all right, so now what? Now I felt that. I don't like it. (laughs) I'm not happy. What do I do about it? And then that allows me to be more purposeful Mm. instead of just scrambling to find something to take away that sadness or fear or pain. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves just doing whatever the next thing is to take our minds off of it. When I give myself the permission and the space to feel those feelings, grieve those um, losses or sadnesses or whatever they are, then I can be more purposeful with now, what do I need to do about it? How can I keep this from happening again or how can I use that as a lesson to get better or whatever that is Mm -hmm. it allows you to be more purposeful about it right when I think about those are the mindsets the behaviors it's funny because I have these three things that I think about it's um, my pet's my people and my processes. Mm -hmm. So I talked a little bit about the people that's those blind spot mirrors. I have Mm -hmm. that go-to group of people that I can go to and say, I'm so upset this happened and I'm mad about it and I need to get it out. And I know who to go to who will just listen and let Mm -hmm. me vent and not try to be toxically positive. Like, but look at all the good stuff. They'll just let me do it and they'll sit there with me. I also know those people that I can go to and, um, you know lean on them for what I need in that moment. So that's the people having them, knowing them and using them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being one of those people for your people as well. Right. And then I say my pets and, and people can interchange this um, for whatever works for them, but we all need serotonin. Like we know the science behind the human body, mm-hmm. sadness, frustration, anger, disappointment, all those things zap us of the serotonin levels that we need in our bodies mm-hmm. to stay more even keel and find happiness in moments that are hard. So I have dogs and I purposefully will lean into grabbing one of them and just getting some doggy hugs and kisses <laughs> and love. And, you know, our, our pets love us unconditionally, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. And so Leaning into them gives me that boost of, okay, things are going to be okay. Yes, you're frustrated, mm-hmm. but now maybe you feel a little happier. You feel you've gotten your serotonin levels to rise mm-hmm. so you can approach it with a different intention maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's the pets and the people. And I say the, the processes, I have this practice of gratitude. Um, I try to stay rooted in gratitude when things are going well, because that allows me to draw on that gratitude when things are not going well mm-hmm. in a way that is not that toxic positivity that I talked about. Right. Um, so when I stay rooted in the things that I am deeply and truly grateful for, when I look at the the health challenges that my youngest child overcame Mm -hmm. when the doctors told us there was not really a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. When I think about the fact that so many people didn't make it through COVID, yet I had it almost died and made it through. The the big things in life that I am truly extremely grateful for, and some of the little things, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm grateful that I lead a life where I don't have to worry where food on the table is gonna come from because a lot of right. people do. Right. That allows me when the big things hit to not be overcome with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after I feel all the feelings, that practice of gratitude mm-hmm. comes back to the top because then I can say, well at least it wasn't this. Right. From a healthy way. Right. Right. So, yeah,
0: the people, the pets, and the practices. Mm, people, pets, practices, three Ps. <laughs> Remember that both The three Ps,
1: right, yes.
0: right. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. I think we should take whatever advantage we can to maximize our our, our joys. Mm-hmm. If that's finding little moments in our pets, places that we love to go to.
1: Find, Another P. Yeah,
0: yeah. Pets, places you said people, right? People. So yeah, people in yeah, practice. Surround yourself with people that we love that loves us. Then I think that it's, that's a pretty incredible life compared to the lay person. Um, what are some of the success habits that you have that you can share with our, with, with me and my listeners in achieving our fulfilling life's or purpose on Earth?
1: Um, I would say the first thing, and many people don't take the time once they reach adulthood to revisit this, is to really get clear with yourself about what are your values? What are the non-negotiable things for you that you have defined as ways that you will live your life? because that helps you drown out the noise, reject the things that don't align with the values. Mm -hmm. If you haven't done that, everything becomes a choice and Mm -hmm. an option. And it's really then hard to prioritize. Mm -hmm. Once you get really clear on what your value system is, it makes it so much easier to make decisions in life and to figure out directions doesn't mm-hmm. make it perfect or always fast, but you have that list of non-negotiables. So if, for instance, if one of my values is authenticity, I am always going to be who I am. Mm-hmm. If I get a job offer that makes $5 million a year, mm-hmm. but it's gonna require me to show up as somebody that I'm not. right? decision made Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: have to worry about oh but I could use the money and Mm -hmm. I can this or that my value of authenticity is not Mm -hmm. going to be compromised no matter whether it's a friendship that I have to pretend to be someone I don't believe myself to be or a job offer or whatever Mm -hmm. I can live my life and know that I'm being true to the things that matter to me Mm -hmm. now I do think that you need to check in with yourself and you need to reevaluate those values, maybe not all the time, but as you live and grow through life Mm -hmm. and your priorities might shift or the things that you've learned might shift. um, I think in my younger days, I would not, intentionality was a value for me because I was too young to realize that. But after experiencing the losses we talked about, intentionality has become an immovable value for me. Mm -hmm. I will not do things by accident. Mm -hmm. I will be intentional about the decisions I make because life is short. So I think that would probably be the biggest piece of advice I would give to people is get really clear about your core values. And they don't have to be 18 long. I don't think any of us could have 18 core values. Mm -hmm. You need to get down to the three or four or five driving principles that are going to shape your life and the decisions that you make. They Mm -hmm. will also help you shape the people that you have in your life, Mm -hmm. because it's really hard to have someone close in your life that really contradicts one of your core values. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible, but it's definitely something that will help you make decisions about those that are closest to you in
0: your life right yeah yeah that's very powerful um of course you know Oprah she her show has been ranked number one for the past 25 years I mean she was still on that show and her her aha moment was about intentionality yeah it was that was the, the the light that uh sparked uh her and 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 she was able to 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 such a magnificent incredible meaningful show because of um that notion of intentionality
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well Del we are about that time thank you so much for um your insight I I feel like with you I could talk so much more about purpose meaning and even we didn't dive into the work of DEI Uh, one thing that I would have I think liked is um you know, as people that are in DEI, for those that are in this field, it can be quite challenging. And sometimes I've seen it with DEI practitioners, they get so frustrated by the, the lack of progress that they often are burnt out and they just stop. Or there's a part of themselves that show up in a negative way that impacts uh, progression, DEI progression. Such as, for example, I had a client to the director of DEI for a pharma, pharmaceutical company and there was some internal working. I felt that she hadn't healed mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with um, her direct work in diversity equity inclusion. It was more so to do with the fact that she was uh, emotionally and physically abused as a child. Um, That was something that was shared to me. And um, that showed up very differently. compared to many DEI practitioners I've worked with. And so even in this space, as hard as it is, we also have to take a step back and do some self-care and some healing yeah, as well. Right? Absolutely. This, this work is challenging. It is hard. It is. Um, it and is. we have to you know, put ourselves as a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I would offer one thing before we, we wrap up, and I hope it's okay. There is a company that I discovered um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Their their name is Holste, H-O-L-S-T-E-E. And their mission is to help conscious people live more fully and mindfully, which resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And their exact wording is to live with intention is an ongoing practice, not a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be helpful to read their manifesto for you and share it with you and the, the listeners, not necessarily to plug the company, but to demonstrate how when we find something that resonates with us, that that can become a way to check in with ourselves and keep at the forefront um, a message that helps us live that life of intention and purpose. Would that be okay if I read their manifesto to you?
0: Yeah, perfectly. Thank you so much yeah.
1: for sharing That's sure. So their manifesto says, this is your life. Do what you love and do it often. If you don't like something, change it. If you don't like your job, quit. If you don't have enough time, stop watching TV. If you're looking for the love of your life, stop. They'll be waiting for you when you start doing things that you love. Stop Mm. overanalyzing. Life is simple. All emotions are beautiful. When you eat, appreciate every last bite. Open your mind, arms and heart to new things and people. We are united in our differences. Ask the next person you see what their passion is and share your inspiring dream with them. Travel often. Getting lost will help you find yourself. Some opportunities come only once, so seize them. Life is about the people you meet and the things you create with them. So go out and start creating. Life is short, live your dream and share your passion. And I say that because I have that manifesto printed and it lives above my computer and my desk. It's also on a big 18 by 20 framed wall hanging in my living room because when I read it, it moved my soul. Mm. And I now live my life and remind myself of these things that ring so true for me Mm. um, every day to remember them. So I wanted to share that with you because I figured you could (laughs) appreciate it.
0: Yes, yes, that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I've never heard of that quote. So you're going to have to um, tell it to me so that I I will share it with you as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 so beautiful, but this was
1: great thank you for for having me and diving in and nerding out with me on things that i find so interesting and important in living this life
0: yes you're correct and thank you so much for your your presence and also your 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 insights and just your advice and words of wisdom that you're able to share with us and in stepping into uh who you are today um i as with any episode that I've done for the past two years is really to allow my guests to show up fully. And there's a, there have been a few of them that uh, have shared with me that this is really something that they need to focus more on, is that the purpose in their life and really taken a step back and, you know, um, showing up more fully present and authentically. And so right. thank you. I think you've done an incredible job on those fronts. Um, with well, folks that want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? Can you also share with us your, your, your business for those, um, folks that love, love desserts or. You know, cake? Sure.
1: sure. I am, um, the baking business is local, of course. I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and my business is called Sweet Celebrations, so you can find me at thesweetcelebrations.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram under the same name, the Sweet Celebrations. Um, as far as finding me in life and in my work, I have really leaned into LinkedIn. While I'm on social media and other platforms, just personally, as far as helping guide the trajectory of this thing we call work and people and the intersection of both, I've really leaned into LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, It's Delphine-Smith, and there's not very many Delphine Smiths. So I think (laughs) when it comes up, Delphine Smith, I'm a master of science in organizational leadership and a certified professional coach, you'll be able to find me. I will um, also share the links with you if you want to place them in the podcast description as well.
0: Yes. Thank you, folks. Um, We'll include all that in the show notes uh, where you can find um, uh, Del. And uh, Del, thank you so much for, uh, for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I was thrilled to be asked. And as you know, I'll come back anytime you <laughs> want to chat. So definitely invite me again. I'd love to come back.
0: Okay, we will do.
1: <laughs> and you enjoy the rest of your day, my friend.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: All right.